Hi there, and welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue. Hello there. How are you doing? It's episode 111, 111 of 1% Better, and as always, delighted to be sharing out a new conversation, a new interview and about a topic, this one uh, is uh, around meditation and mindfulness, one that we've touched on before, but we go a bit deeper in this one. So I am still recording these intros on the go and looking for locations and situations where I can actually get it done. So again, if the intro sounds different, that's the reason. So I hope you're well. I hope you've uh, enjoyed last week's episode. It was the one with Greg Herman, House of Herman, a fashion designer, very interesting character from LA and definitely one to check out online. Uh, his website, House of Herman, I think is just undergoing a rework at the moment, but lots of new accessories coming from Greg in the near future, but he's not had a straightforward path to success. So definitely check it out. I've taken a few things from that and in the notes that I write after every episode, certainly there's been a few sayings and quotes from Greg that I'm tracking and keeping and maybe we'll share one day in a more detailed version of all of this that I do. Just a quick reminder, if you're in Cork, I am launching or running the first of uh, hopefully a few podcast workshops on the 6th of June, link in the show notes. And as of now, it's over half full, which is great because I've no idea how many people would sign up to come along for this workshop, learn how to put a podcast together. As I put the content together myself, put the material together, it's very apparent that three hours will certainly give you a high level view and be enough to get started but to do a deep dive probably a good few more hours will be needed considering doing more advanced sessions and maybe recording some kind of brain shark type online course material that might be useful for folks if they're interested we'll see we'll see how the first one goes anyway but if you are interested as i said the link is in the show notes or on the website um if you're in cork and you want to learn how to put a podcast together and ask any amount of questions, I will be delighted to meet you there and and answer them. It's really cool to think that somebody coming along might actually go off and spin up their own show and put something out there uh, that maybe they wouldn't have if they didn't uh, attend. So that's the hope there. All right. Okay. So this week's guest, it is Hugh O'Donovan. And Hugh has many strengths to his bow. He's an expert in coaching psychology. That's his main focus currently. But he's an author as well. And we talk about the book that he released that I, I read before the show called Mindful Walking. Uh, he's also 23 years experience in the Irish Army. Uh, he's an entrepreneur and a fascinating individual for sure with a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, and I try to pick that apart during the hour-long conversation. Themes like discipline, focus, self-reflection jump out, absolutely. And given that he wrote a book on mindfulness and how walking can be a form or an informal and formal practice, it was uh, very interesting for me to understand in detail his approaches and his teaching methods. And as aside from getting the book which I'm hopeful you might do as a result of listening to this he 
very generously shares lots of experiences and techniques and tips during the show that you could take on board and potentially implement and practice. But it all comes back to discipline and applying that to your daily routines. That's certainly a theme that comes up through so many of these episodes. One of the few pillars that I think success is built on is is discipline and practice. So check out his website. Hugh O'Donovan's website is hoda.ie, H-O-D-A.ie. So I'll leave it there. As always, get in touch on social, drop me an email, let me know if there's uh, another guest that you would like, uh, maybe a different perspective on meditation or a different topic that I mightn't have touched on so far. I'm all ears and look forward to hearing from you. All right, have a great day, week, weekend, whenever it is you listen to this, and hopefully you enjoy this chat with Hugh O'Donovan. Good luck. This week, this episode, uh, I'm on location, uh, delighted to be here in the offices or office of uh, Hugh O'Donovan. Hugh, welcome to the podcast. Delighted to be here, Rob. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to do it. I know we've been teasing this one for a while as well. As I said at the start of the most, I'm, I'm hard to try and get these kicked off. But once we're going, they're always, uh, they're always great. So, so Hugh, I read your book before Christmas or just over the Christmas period. Um, fascinating read, brilliant piece of work. What what is what struck me about it? Obviously, so many learnings from it. Your your writing style. I, I really enjoyed the style of writing. Um, so I do want to talk about the book about writing. Do a bit of writing myself. So some tips there selfishly would be would be great. Um, but I think it's very important to. To learn a bit about the person behind the book and your own journey or story, we do have only an hour, so probably <laughs> can't go into too much detail. But I'm I'm interested to know about mindfulness and and where did that all begin for you? Where when when was the first time you stumbled across it in in a kind of walking context? Uh, I suppose it it it's it's part of a long journey, really, Robin. In many respects, um, I've 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 always been interested in performance and that going back to my army days, uh, serving in various places, you know, uh, dangerous and challenging environments um, and understanding how people cope with um, the challenges that they face. Um, also, it's a kind of a theme running through it all through my sporting background in, in rugby playing uh, on uh, odd occasions with Munster back in the day. And um, more recently, my return back into to psychology, general psychology, and over time uh, exploring um, uh, the emergence and the relatively recent emergence of what they call coaching psychology. And um, it could be understood as the applied side of positive psychology, uh, the science of positive psychology, and in that sense, um, you can study all of the academic, um, and it's very important that, that it's evidence-based and, and grounded in, in solid research. But at some point along the way, you're, you're invited to look at the strategies, you know, what actually works in terms of um, improving performance, in terms of lifting mood, um, in terms of promoting well-being. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, the evidence points us towards um, really just three fundamental areas. One is appreciation and savouring. Mm. There's very solid evidence around that. 
And if we develop that kind of uh, orientation towards life and, 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 and develop that sense of gratitude just to have this opportunity, the evidence is, is, is solid in that respect. The second area is around um, acts, what they call acts of random kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a solid base of evidence there. And finally, this whole area of mindfulness um, and uh, an increasingly um, emerging solid base of evidence around that as well. And again, just characterized by the recent emergence in its own right of contemplative neuroscience, mm-hmm. which is adding to that base as well. So that, that it was through my journey um, of, of, of exploration and study and that, that I came upon this idea of, of mindfulness. And this is going back, you know, 10 or 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I suppose the invitation then is to experiment with it yourself, mm-hmm. um, a kind of an ongoing case study yeah. um, in your own practice and, and incorporating it into um, your own experience. Now, where the book emerged in, in, in some respects is around how, and this is open, this is available to everybody. But as you go through life, as you gain experience, then there's always the possibility of integrating it um, into um, something uh, interesting or something that that's wor- that works for you. And in that sense, um, my background in, in the military, I would have spent lots of time walking and sometimes not appreciating the, the actual benefits of it mm. and the physical benefits of movement. Um, but then taking that movement and also the notion of mindfulness and focusing your attention mm. and learning the skills of focusing your attention, then the two came together and the book emerged in that context. Mm. While you were in the army, marching and doing a lot of movement and walking, in a in a way, were you actually practicing mindfulness at, at that point? Do you think that you were doing these? You had developed these habits, and that when you did stumble into mindfulness, in the quotes, that it it was something you were already doing. So that kind of had given you that advantage already. There's an element of truth to what you say. Um, I couldn't say that 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 in or indeed when I look at people walking now, I, I can't always say that they're doing it mindfully. Mm. Um, they may be rushing from place to place and missing a lot along the way. Mm. Uh, but there's a curious thing about walking um, and movement in general that once you once you begin to walk and if you kind of um, do it perhaps in, in more natural settings, that there's a natural mindfulness begins to, 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 to emerge, that the body and the mind, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard, as I think I mentioned it in the book, um, it's very hard to, to do um, uh, multiplication tasks in your head when you're walking. Try it. Mm. Um, it's just not possible. Um, so it's that notion of, of mind and body moving closer into sync as you're going. And then you have choices to, to, to slow down on occasions. You can pick it up, obviously. Um, and on occasions, it's just hard work climbing up a hill. You know, you just have to concentrate. But there's that natural kind of rhythm um, in walking that's that's so natural to the human condition. Running long distances really isn't natural to the human condition. We weren't designed to do that. Mm. Um, but we can do it, obviously, and, and there are benefits in physical activity. Um, but I, I always kind of promote or, or, or suggest that mindfulness is something that you can incorporate into whatever you do, um, be it walking or, or otherwise. Um, but it doesn't preclude the possibility of going for a good run every now and again either. You know, So it's just the balance, really, yeah. that you're looking for. Mm. 
Okay. And in the army, was it 23 years you were with the army, I think? 23 years, yeah. Uh, Wonderful years. Yeah, you had a really good experience there. Again, though, I'm trying to pick back at that. Was there anything that you, habits you developed in there, you know, repeating things, developing your focus, developing your attention that, that if you were to look at it from a different lens that you could say that was more, that was building the, the muscle of, of, of mindfulness or was there anything like that? Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a word um, and I, I, I love words and the individual words have, have serious personalities um, and when you put to, put them together um, it, 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 it can create a, a reality for you. But um, I think the word discipline is, is yeah. kind of interesting in that respect that um, you know that that that, that you're you're invited to to explore and to 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 to, to um, you know conduct what we used to call an estimate of the situation. You know that you had to focus your attention on the objective. You had to come up with a plan to get mm-hmm. there, um, and the simple, the brilliant basics, um, some people call it, um, of doing that, um, and it 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 um, it kind of it it it, it, it it promotes a discipline, and really, when I look at mindfulness and 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 what it invites you to do, is actually to 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 approach your experience in a slightly more disciplined way, and um, so that you can actually be with it. You don't, you're not reacting automatically. You're not on autopilot. You can you have those skills where you can slow down and be present to whatever needs your attention. Um, from time to time, um, and that is the practice of mindfulness, being present. Mm-hmm. Very good. Would you say you've a busy mind? Uh, again, uh, on occasions, mm-hmm. on occasions, uh, yeah, it can be quite busy. But I, I, I do think that um, in the in the practice over years, and this is just I can only speak for myself, but that 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 actually um, developing this practice and, and building the muscle of mindfulness. Um, it's not so much that you don't have a busy mind, but you're fully aware of it. And then you're left with a choice. Do I just take a moment to slow down, to let things pass or whatever? Um, do I notice that I'm getting attached to whatever the thought is? Do I notice where it's emerging in my body? What sensations are emerging in that respect? Um, and then I'm left with a choice to um, to breathe um, and to be with it. And in the Absolute certainty that whatever negative thought you might have in your mind, whatever, however busy your mind is, that that will pass as well. It always does. Whatever sensations you're feeling in your body, for the most part, will pass. Um, now, it may be painful, it may be difficult and, and very painful on occasions. But at the same time, um, having this ability to be with um, thoughts and, and sensations and uh, emotions and feelings in a different way um, gives you uh, more scope um, and we all have busy minds, we, and the world is, is, is just a busy place at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I do think that having this skill is 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 the calling of our time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I definitely agree. As you started to work your way into the, the world of maybe psychology, during the Army days, did you do anything in the areas of no, psychology? I, no, not, not, not originally. I, I studied, um, as it so happens, I studied psychology with our sociology with our current president, Michael D. Higgins, okay, um, cool. fantastic lecturer. Um, but again, this, the same kind of principles, you know, we're just talking about a different scale, a different context. So, mm. you know, behavior in societies um, 
was something that influenced me um, uh, profoundly at the time. Um, and behavioural change in society. So they're not too far removed in that sense. But I did go back after I left the army. I went back to general psychology. Um, and, the, yeah, and what, was it the draw when you were deciding to, to leave the army? It's the whole running away, running towards something. What was the pull t- towards? What, what was your, your, your drivers, I suppose, for that? Well, again, <clears throat> at a personal level, um, it... it Transitioning um, for us all is is, is a challenge, and um, I would say that in in transitioning from the army um, into civilian life was a challenge for me, right. like it, like it um, is for for lots of people. Um, and while I had a very clear idea of where I was going in, in at that stage, um, and I wanted to get involved in business and whatever, um, over time, in that initial period. Um, a kind of uh, what I now understand to be a clearer um, understanding of values emerged. So it was a funny, it was a curious kind of thing in the sense that I was in business. And if you're in business, then probably your priority is to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found after a little while that um, that really wasn't driving me to the extent that um, perhaps it should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I couldn't see myself over time um, continuing in that um, in that particular direction, in that particular vein. Um, and as these things happen, at the time, um, I lost a, a friend, um, a very close friend, to um, a tragic um, unforeseen event. Right. Um, and uh, I, I struggled with that as well, mm. um, to understand well, why would somebody um, you know, uh, find themselves in that position where they mm. lost hope, um, and and uh, and took that course of action, so um, it kind of brought me back into that area of reviewing and reflecting, and kind of restating my own personal um, focus for for the rest of my journey. Um, and I suppose the, the the background in the army is um, profoundly one of service. Mm. Um, it's it's service in, in in a particular you know be it at home or abroad or whatever, um, and particularly the Irish Army you know we're 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 a peacekeeping nation, a peacekeeping force, and that that sense of service was was kind of always there uh, with me and my family background would have been in teaching and that type of thing as well. So mm. yeah. So you mentioned values. So when when that incident happened with your friend um and it sounded like business wasn't what it was cracked up to be for you Mm. did you did a reset did you go through any process or technique or to kind of reset to say this is where i want to go now this is what i really want to to go after yeah interesting question because um you know with all of my skills with all of my decision making skills and and problem solving skills um you know developed through the army and that sort of um, military education um i i didn't mm. i i can honestly say i didn't um i could have benefited probably more with with somebody with what i now understand to be a coach or a coaching psychologist perhaps mm. um to to bring a bit more clarity but i suppose um what 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 stood me in good stead was that um i i always had a sense of um you know 
what I what I wanted to do, you know, and even though I wasn't able to kind of understand it in the, in the sense of values, goals, and actions as mm. I do now, yeah. um, I, I I I just probably had that somewhere lurking in the back of my head, um, and I and I and I kind of maybe not absolutely consciously made that decision through a, a decision making process, but I I I did I did kind of. Um, feel that that if I wasn't congruent with those values that were important to me, um, then I probably would be feeling the the, the stress and the strain of of um, just pushing the boulder up the hill. Mm. Um, in that sense, you know. Mm. So I don't know. Does that make? Does that yeah, make no, sense? It, it does. I think we talk about conscious and unconscious, and how how you find your 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 internal instinct, if you want to call yeah, it yeah, that yeah, that. Yeah intuition brings you into that direction um probably similar from that perspective but when you look back and you have labels for for those terms like goals and it makes a whole lot of the the moments probably happen then i I think so yeah um i but but having said that um it it it, it, these are the this is the curious thing about setting out on a journey which um i uh, two or three years ago experimented with in in practical terms but um, a, beyond a kind of a fuzzy um, idea of where you want to get to, and, and that's a kind of a gut instinct, I think, in in many respects. But beyond a fuzzy instinct, then it it is about every step. Mm. It is about building that. And I suppose if your boundaries are kind of reasonably clear to you, um, if your if your values are signposting um, the way for you, um, then. Um, you're not probably going to go too far wrong. You may divert occasionally along the way, but then the goals you you, you they're congruent, as I say, and and insofar as the next step and the actions that are that are um, required, um, they just kind of they they make sense, I suppose. It doesn't in many instances reduce the pain. There are days, or the or the challenge, or the or the difficulty, or the stress of it, and um, but there are days. But at least if you have that sense of of um, direction, mm. then you know it it it. And over time, um, stuff happens along the way that that makes sense in the context of that. And I think you know my particular journey has made um, has made more and more sense um, to me as 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 I go. Mm. The the part where you decided to say business wasn't working, I want to go down this route. Was that a a complete right turn, or did you kind of juggle both worlds for a while as you built your your expertise in the you know in the, in the psychological world and the coaching world? And yeah, yeah. How, how did that work out for you? Um, it it was it was it's actually quite a, a an amusing story because yeah, um, I I at the time um, I took some time out. To, to and again going back to my walking days, um, I spent three weeks um, trekking to um, Annapurna Base Camp, okay. and um, I, I uh, was getting back to the the energy and the and the and the kind of stuff that I would have understood in that respect. And um, when I came back to when I came back home after that particular walk, um, my wife um, told me that she had um, sold the business. Okay, just like that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but did she you going before you left? Was that a potential? Was it on the cards at that stage? Well, it, it wasn't really okay. in that respect. Um, we 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 were kind of um, we were kind of plowing ahead with the plan, 
um, because there wasn't anything there wasn't anything else you know there on the horizon um, it was it was a very successful business you know by yeah. any measure it was it was money making it was award winning it right. was um, it was it was quite successful but at the same time I wasn't it wasn't fulfilling at all. fulfilling me personally and that would have been we would have obviously talked about yeah. that um, in that sense but um, when I say she sold it out from under me it wasn't quite like that but an opportunity presented itself um, and we as these things do you know we weren't actively seeking the opportunity but it presented itself so we we, um, we gave it due consideration and um, and moved on okay so that that answers it so it was a clean break absolutely yeah and then, yeah. then you were in a position to to go f- fully into the next stage yeah, absolutely and and again it was it was with a view to um to to to, to following that particular um, line that i was talking about you know i was moving back into that kind of idea of service and making a contribution and and, and working with people as well you know like there was the army is is an amazing um organization you know the the, the actual um support the 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 um camaraderie the group support um that sort of shared experience as well um and at the same time giving you room for your own personal sort of identity and 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 um, developing your own skills and and uh, potential um, it's it's an amazing organization in that respect there are limitations obviously you know that there's a particular form of thinking and it can be sometimes rigid um, in that sense but um, but at the same time it's 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 an amazing um, education Okay, very good. On to continuing the education. So you, you got into psychology, not to go into too much detail along the way, but that did that feel like I, this is exactly where I'm meant to be? Was it was it feeling like what you were meant to be doing at that point? It did, yeah. It, you know, at the end of the day, really, when you talk about psychology, um, while I might be a, 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 a psychologist um, as such, and I might have studied it, um, like I, I, I am of the opinion that we're all psychologists. There's, there's no, there's no great mystery about that because we're all trying to make sense of a world where it's difficult at times to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to, 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 to be clear about the meaning of it all. Um, so in that sense, I, I just my curiosity. I suppose I, I, I am curious by nature, and I wonder. Um, in that sense, you know, and around when I what I mentioned earlier about performance, um, you know, what's actually driving it? What's holding it back? Um, what are the obstacles? What are the you know? And that I now understand around thinking, around emotions, around behaviour, habits, um, and the development of those, um, and understanding those in a better way, and and coming up with the strategies that are likely to um, to give people the best chance to to achieve what they want to achieve. Very good. Positive psychology then is an area you've really focused in on. Maybe talk a little bit about that, your 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 experiences with it, what what it's what it's all about. Um yeah, well look, um positive psychology is quite simply the science of flourishing. Mm-hmm. That's it. In a world. Um in 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 many respects, and when you look at, at psychology as a as a science and a general psychology as a science and a discipline, um, it's it's relatively young, mm. but for the most part, um, it is focused on mental illness, 
Um, that's been the the and and it has done so very well and very successfully and and a lot of really valid and important stuff has emerged out of it, but the 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 the, the unfortunate thing perhaps over time until Martin Seligman, who would be characterised as the father of positive psychology, emerged. Mm-hmm. I think maybe just fifteen years ago, not too not too many yeah. years before that, when he became president of the American Psychological Association, um, he kind of. Uh, realized that there was there was a, a, a an undue focus on mental illness on the problem on diagnosis and the medical model of of diagnosis and in that kind of focus the 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 the, the, the person sitting in front of you that human being um, thinking feeling behaving um, can get lost in that medical model um, and I suppose what he invited was was a, 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 a rebalancing. Perhaps um, we need both, but a rebalancing and a refocusing on mental well-being, um, flourishing as opposed to mental illness. Um, and I suppose that has that has actually been part of of my own journey as well, where I've I've moved back closer to the boundary between mental illness and mental well-being. And languishing and flourishing, and we we characterise that now in in the research and work that we're doing. We characterise that as beyond zero. So mental well-being and 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 flourishing is beyond zero. So there's a notional point if you if you kind of understand human performance as a continuum from let's say minus ten to plus ten, right. and that break-even point is zero. So beyond zero, you know, we can all find ourselves below the line. Um, from time to time, depending on life events and otherwise, um, but we we we're all um, uh, entitled to um, to flourish. We're all entitled to to um, as I say, mental illness um, is is something that affects us people uh, from time to time and very harshly on occasions. But mental well being is for everyone, mm-hmm. and in that sense, um, much of my work now is. Is with what I who I would characterize um, as the worried well, mm. the worried well. So it's when you're talking about flourishing. I read a book a few years ago, an Irish lady. I think it's called Flourishing. Um, can't remember the, her name now, but it was the first time I, I kind of delved into that area. Um, and I think there was something in it where there's a a ratio in there of of positive to to negative. For me to be flourishing, I I need to have six positive activities or events happen to me on a daily basis to overcome the one negative or, or something like that yeah. in your work with people to try and help them flourish is there any simple techniques or, or approaches you can you could take or you could share well again going back to to um what i mentioned earlier on there the the um this idea of um gratitude mm-hmm. um People, uh, I think, who you, who you were adverting to there, Rob was um, Maureen Gaffney. There's yes. various books um, and exactly. flourish, yeah. flourishing, um, etc. Um, but to focus on uh, again, I suppose it must be understood in the context. Some of us have, have, all of us have what they call a negativity bias. We focus on the negative first. That's just a, a gimme, and that's an evolutionary thing, um, and it's still with us. Our primary emotions 
out of the seven, five in America kind of negative. Yeah, anyway. yeah, so in, in in that sense, yeah. So we're we're focusing on the on the negative um, primarily. It takes an awful lot more work to shift that focus to the positive, and that's where mindfulness um, has its place as well in all of this. But to 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 do something as simple as um, keeping a diary, mm-hmm. and before you go to bed, either concretely write it down. You know, three things that 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 you that you um, savored from today, um, and that you appreciated, and you know, it, it 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 it's not complicated, but it's beginning to change that mindset. And I think where this becomes really interesting is we we now know we now understand that um, we can rewire the brain, mm-hmm. neuroplasticity they call it. Yeah. And uh, what wires together, fires together. And this is in the whole domain of habit as well. Mm-hmm. That if you keep doing what you're doing, and in a negative kind of frame, uh, you'll keep getting what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, if, on the other hand, you, you begin to, 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 to start the journey of, of refocusing, reframing, reflecting, um, restating, restoring, it's, it's, it, it begins to shift that in very powerful ways. Um, so gratitude is, is one of those as well. Mm. Have you talked to people? I know I've talked to them in coaching. Is that yeah, say you know take keep a journal, write down the ten things you're grateful for, or five things at night or in the morning, and does that kind of look at you saying like that, that, that disbelief or they don't buy into it? What would you say, or how do you kind of get people to buy into it? Uh, again, I think the only thing, and this is where coaching psychology and and the um, the kind of the way people engage with things, you know, that we 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 are uh, even at an unconscious level, we judge very quickly. Mm-hmm. We judge very quickly, and if you understand that, we we, we really have only two things in life that that, that 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 challenge us. One is to keep ourselves safe. Um, and the other is to avoid discomfort, and the, the the anything that smacks of hard work, you know, when you when you talk about I mentioned there about focusing on the positive requires more effort. Mm-hmm. Um, we we just automatically and oftentimes out of awareness we um, kind of reject that out of hand. I suppose what mindfulness, um, and again I'm coming back to it again and again and again, what mindfulness ac- actually asks us to do is to observe our experience. Now, in that sense, if you look at our experience, then it's favorable and it's unfavorable. It's comfortable, it's uncomfortable. And you mentioned it yourself earlier on there. You know, we love this, we love the, 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 the comfortable stuff. We, we'll take more of the chocolate. But when it comes to, to, to um, anything discomforting, then we, we tend to, to, to shut that down very quickly. Uh, that is, unfortunately, and the, I suppose the world that we're living in is, is giving us all sorts of excuses to, to make ourselves more comfortable. But in my view, um, and the, 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 the evidence and the, and the emerging um, science, neuroscience of all of this is, and, and this goes back to ancient wisdoms, Buddhist wisdoms as well, mm-hmm. that you cannot, you cannot, really appreciate comfort unless at some level you understand discomfort mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I 
have looked at that, I've explored that in, in, in terms of, of the evidence, and, um, and increasingly it's, it's about actually developing the discipline, when the word again arises, <clears throat> the discipline of being with what you find uncomfortable and what you find comfortable. And I, you, you talk about practical strategies, and I just ask, um, I ask myself every morning um, to just explore the edges of my own discomfort before I head out into the day. And that involves a cold shower at the end of my morning ablutions, as we might call them in the army, mm. um, and, um, and just to be with that and the edges of that discomfort and just see what happens. Don't judge it. You know, some people just say that's madness. Mm. Mindfulness is actually asking you to explore that discomfort without judging it. Mm. See what happens. Mm. Very good. So let's talk a bit about the book. Um, as I said, it was, uh, it was a very enjoyable reading. The, 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 the style of writing, was it the first time you've put anything together of that magnitude or where has your writing style developed even? Um, that is a, a good question. Um, I probably can't answer it for you, except to say that, uh, again, uh, I was in a, a workshop there over the weekend and I was um, asking people to write a letter to themselves mm-hmm. um, again this notion of creating the future of, of creating a vision and uh, I remember myself round about the time um, of the transition I mentioned earlier and, and moving on from the army and whatever uh, in that reflective space I sat down one night and I wrote a letter to myself and I just captured my hopes my ambitions um, my uh, goals in a general sense I sealed that letter and I'm due to open it in 2022 okay how long so what was the so at the time when what, what year was it when about you wrote 20 it? 25 years okay um ago I wrote that so again I was kind of I was I was moving into that space of, of experimentation and, and taking and, and I'll come back to the writing uh, in its own right but I I I, I don't know. I'll only I'll find out in a couple of years' time. But I believe that um, I wrote down somewhere that I'm going to write a book. Okay. I wrote that down, and I had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. Mm. But I suppose in 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 kind of uh, writing and and developing the 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 um, the, the skills along the way, um, I remember Gay Byrne interviewing Nuala O'Fallon at one stage, and he said he asked her. He said Nuala. He says. Um, what is the secret to writing? And she said, and I want to say exactly the same thing, um, I have no idea, Gay, but I do know one thing for a fact. If you don't have seat of pants and seat of chair, you've no hope. Mm. Just write. Yeah. Right? There's, you, know, you, can, you can edit it, you can get somebody else to edit it, mm. you can rewrite it, you can do anything you like, but just if you sit down and write 100 words um, a day, you have 36,000 Five hundred words in in one year. One hundred words. Yeah. That's that's a little more than a tweet. <laughs> yeah. And you have a book written. Yeah. Very very good. Uh, no, it's just it's a, it was as I said I read a lot and it was it was a, the pace at which I was reading it. Mm. I was just finding that some books are harder to read than others, and mm. I found that mm. one easier. Not just plumosing you because I'm interviewing Thank you, you or anything like Thank that. Um, I read a book last year. I think it's called A War of Art or The Art of 
the war of art yeah Stephen Pressfield and uh Again, it's a small, concise book about writing or overcoming some of these blockers, and um, it uh, it's a you know the good writing will come after you get all the bad writing out, and yeah. just really just just do the do the writing. Yeah. So, yeah. um, no, that's that's good. Good to know that you don't have to necessarily go to creative writing classes and whatnot. It can if you're writing for what you're connecting with, it'll it'll out absolutely absolutely and, and um i suppose what you're what you're ultimately talking about is is kind of understanding your your subject area now if i was to write um, books of fiction perhaps um it might require a different um learning process and style but you know if you're writing something where that that you're you're, you're familiar with um and th- that you have a structure you know you, you've thought about it you have a structure and you know you're talking about an introduction you're talking about a main body but whatever you want to say mm. tell them what you what you want to tell them and then you have a conclusion um having told them what you want to tell them um so it's 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 in that respect i'm not um diminishing the challenges but but right just just right you did say the book was the best year of, of your life while you were writing it have you talked to me a bit about that um, I, I've gotten into a bit of trouble over that um, with, <laughs> my, trouble, with, with, with some um, of my significant others. Right. Um, but uh, no, it, it just it, it, it was it was um, it was an opportunity um, to to really kind of reflect on and distill um, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of learning. Um, a lot of of um, uh, a, a lot of increasing awareness around what what, what was important to me, um, and it was at the end of the day, it was just such an amazing the way it, the way it emerged was just such an amazing um, opportunity to um, to capture um, all of that in one place. It might never have happened, but the way it did happen was was extraordinary, um, and. Um, you know, it just it just that that year of of, and I committed. I kind of focused and committed on mindfulness, not only just writing about it, but the practice of it over the year. And I walked and I talked um, to a lot of people, um, and explored, um, and 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 brought a lot of people back into that space again that I had met along the way, and and um, and just kind of distilled it and 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 did the best I could in in in, in producing what I did. You know, mm. no, very good. Just taking it back even to to the the premise of the mindful walking and where the idea came from for that and when did you start creating a mindful walking practice? Um, again, once you get into mindfulness, you you um, you understand or you 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 quickly come to understand that there's two elements to it. There's the formal practice and there's the informal practice. Mm-hmm. So the formal practice is 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 of mindfulness is is well known now um, around kind of sitting. Um, and lying um, and standing and formal walking um, which I which I introduce um, students to um, as well as part of as part of all of this so that's the formal practice of sitting being with your breath um, for for periods of time uh, and then there's the informal practice of bringing those qualities of mindfulness of, of mindful focus and attention to everything that you do in in in, in life and Showing up, and my, my mantra, um, which I, I 
don't think I'll, I'll, I'll ever quite get rid of, but this idea of showing up, being fully present to what you're experiencing, slowing down and noticing with a particular attitude of curiosity, of wonder, um, is, is, um, is part of, of all of this. And, and then bringing those qualities to, to a walk on the beach, to a walk in the mountains, to a walk, you know, along the Corrigine River here in, in, in Bishopstown, um, bringing those qualities where you, can, where, you can, where you can hear more, where you can see more, where you can feel more, where you can touch more, where you can smell more, um, is, is just the practice of mindfulness. And then what, what is ordinarily invisible to us and can be very invisible to us in, in, in the way we go about our lives suddenly becomes visible. And then with this attitude of appreciation and savouring and gratitude, um, you can actually kind of, you can feel that um, in, in, in a very kind of visceral way. You can feel it in your body um, to stop along the, 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 the Corrine River there and to see a grey heron standing majestically in the water. Um, I see people running along that pathway and they never see that grey heron. Mm. So it's just it's just that kind of um, attitude um, of, uh, in terms of how you relate to life um, is 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 um, is where it begins to become magical. Mm. For folks that are starting to do mindful walking or any type of mindfulness, but definitely walking, and they get distracted, they may make their first ten steps and they're very present, and then they're just gone. Do you have any approaches or triggers to keep them, bringing them back? Yeah. The the only time, and this is where it begins to drift and, and otherwise, but the only time that you know that you're fully present to any experience, that you're fully present for your children, that you're fully present for those you work with, for your friends, for, for anybody, the only time that you know for an absolute fact is when you're aware of your breath. Mm-hmm. This is the... The breath, the life-giving, energizing, um, powerful um, way of being present. And once you're aware of your breath, you're here. You're now. You're not time-traveling. You're not in the future. You're not in the past. You're right here. So stick with the breath. Breathe. breathe. In-breath. The out-breath. The in-breath. The out-breath. And you can you can do that at any time during your day. You can do it before you go into work in the morning. You can take a couple of minutes, moments even, to, to, to do that, to create the intention to slow down periodically during the day. And the only time that you know that for a fact is when you're aware of your breath. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's a couple of sections in the book where you touch on two acronyms, FORM and FARM. Maybe maybe you could explain one or, or them, or you know how that all kind of ties in. Yeah, um, I suppose one of the things and 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 um, mindfulness in 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 its in its practice, the formal practice of mindfulness can be kind of esoteric, and and people have different ideas about it, and that it can be kind of woolly and 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 vague and and whatever you know. But I I suppose. It, this is this is really just a, a kind of a, a handle that you can maybe hang your 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 practice on, but when 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 you do sit or when you when you are 
focusing on being mindful, then this acronym of FOCUS, focusing your attention, focusing your attention, and then bringing this notion of observing your experience, observing it without judging it. There are a couple of pillars to, 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 um, to mindfulness, seven pillars to mindfulness. Mm. Um, one of them is non-judging, non-judging. Another one is beginner's mind, translated into kind of curiosity. But once you um, focus with that sense of focus and that um, attitude and observe what's going on, then it's, it's a form of reflection. It's a form of reflection and you can reflect on whatever it is you're experiencing. And you can, rather than the automatic kind of negative focus that we sometimes bring to our experience, you can actually kind of shift that a little bit. And what I, what I, how I characterize that is making new meaning. You know, that, that sometimes things are, are, are um, we struggle with, with things. You know, life doesn't turn out the way we plan it. Um, we didn't get that um, job. We didn't get that, um, I don't know, when the will was read out, we didn't get as much as we thought we should. Mm. Um, and in that sense, um, we just, you know, we, 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 we kind of move immediately to take offense. We move immediately to perceive it negatively, to mm. interpret it negatively. Um, and, and we can carry that with us, and many people do, carry those weights and that heaviness and, 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 and that pain for a lifetime. Whereas if you look at this kind of acronym to focus, observe, just observe what's really going on, reflect, and then make some new meaning that actually works better for you. Maybe in that sense of mindfulness, you might choose to let go. Maybe mm -hmm. in that sense of mindfulness, you might choose to lighten up. Um, and then moving on to the, the second acronym, um, it's, it's all very well... Um, observing, and, and that's fine, um, but in my view, you also have another choice. You can focus, act, reflect, and make new meaning. So there's a slight, there's just a little nuanced difference there in the sense that um, focusing, um, uh, forming the moment, forming that moment of your experience is part of this mindful engagement with it. But then focusing and acting is kind of organic, to farm is kind of an organic idea that I, I just kind of landed on myself mm. to create the the the, um, the future. It's it's kind of you know you're building something, you're creating something different, something better, mm -hmm. and again you're moving beyond your own kind of self self limiting kind of thoughts and beliefs and rules and assumptions that we all have. Um, so in that sense, we're more mindful about what gives us energy, what what actually what enhances our well being. Ultimately, in all of this, mm. mindfulness and performance. I have a I have wrote down here. I thought about this. Is is mindfulness a part of performance enhancing drug? What would you say to to that? Because I know you're very fascinated about the t the performance piece as well. Um, no, is the answer. Okay. And when I, and when I say no, um, what what I what I would try to explain is that mindfulness isn't really interested in performance. Okay. That, that adopting this mindset isn't interested in in in, um, in actually changing anything. The fact that it does change is a separate thing altogether. Mm. And I think this is a kind of a distinction that um, that in in observing uh, what is, 
it just you 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 just it is what it is. It's painful. It's comforting. It is what it is. But in 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 not getting sucked in to the story that can emerge out of all of that, you know, I don't like the discomfort. Um, I wish she'd behave differently to me. He'd behave differently to me. Um, I wish I had got more. In all of that sense, you you get you get sucked into the the um, the story, and again, it it affects your performance. If, on the other hand, um, you just adopt the, the the attitude of being with whatever it is, and and having a relationship which is neither, um, um, how would I say, uh, it, 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 it doesn't expect anything of the the positive stuff or the negative stuff, then performance changes mm. and can and can actually improve in a more beneficial direction for you and for those you 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 work with and, and live with in yeah. that sense so i'm taking from that the perspective of not not don't dive don't start practicing mindfulness just because you want to have a performance improvement practice it for the sake of it yeah, I, I, I would I would ask anybody to um, if if you're going in to um, mindfulness and there are some people who engage with mindfulness and um, they're already setting themselves up for failure um, that yeah I want it to be a particular way I want to improve my performance I want to be the best mindfulness practitioner <laughs> that I can be yeah. you're setting yourself up for failure mm-hmm. if you just commit to be with what is then uh, breath by breath by breath then stuff changes mm-hmm. stuff changes in a, in a magical way um, and it's not that you are how would I say it's not that you're 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 looking for um, specific answers or specific improvements or whatever it's just that in in, in choosing to, to be there things change in their own way the way they were meant to change perhaps over the last 15 years I think is how long you've said you've been dipping your toe in this and immersing yourself now how have you seen the the attitude of a change uh, how it's perceived really really um, interesting um, changes um, in, in, in in all of this what was what was kind of a peripheral um, uh, new age kind of um, practice is now, and this, in my view, is because uh, people who, who, who um, are looking to the evidence base uh, are actually beginning to, to understand it in a different way. Um, it was never, it was never uh, really any different in, 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 in some ways that those people that can focus their attention, that can that can actually have this ability, this skill, and it's not part of education, mainstream education, uh, to any great degree. It's in, it's changing, it's improving. Mm. But people that can focus their attention, that can, and this is just to narrow it down and to expand it, um, have just greater flexibility and scope to, to experience life in in, 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 in in more beneficial ways. Um, and I think that the evidence is suggesting that that, and once you take away the kind of, the the, the 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 kind of religious um, connotations. Um, everything that I talk about uh, in terms of mindfulness is very secular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a science. Um, I, I ask people not to believe anything I say, I, and I say that genuinely all of the time. And um, the invitation is to experiment yourself. Mm-hmm. 
No, I definitely uh, agree. I think I was at a presentation not so long ago with uh, Susan David. Have you, you know, Susan David, uh, Emotional Agility is the, the book she has. And she brought up the example of people in business taking on mindfulness as another thing they have to do to yeah. to be and and that's the challenge what's your what's your take on how it's become so buzzwordy in in the in the corporate world and where where do you think it'll all go um i i there there is a there is a obviously a, a particular overlap between the coaching and the coaching psychology i mentioned earlier on um and mindfulness mindfulness based coaching psychology i I have fears myself that mindfulness and coaching in its own right is just another sort of technique to get more out of the system. But I do remember, um, and he's since passed uh, passed on, but uh, some of your listeners may be familiar with Sir John Whitmore. But I'm going back 15 years or so um, to a, an early conference in, in the British Psychological Society, mm. the special group in coaching psychology. And I remember listening to John and he, he said something really kind of profound. And, 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 and again, um, I suppose it, it depends on, on how you choose to use coaching or how you choose to use mindfulness. But the reality is that we're, we're facing some significant challenge um, globally, societally. And he, he said, look, he said, we live in a finite system. There is only so much coal. There is only so much oil. And he says, that system has finite resources. But on the other hand, the, 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 the economic system that we operate uh, operates on the basis of consumption and some notion of infinite growth. Mm. Everything about the system is about growth, infinite growth. So once you begin to see the tension between that finite system and infinite growth that John Whitmore mentioned, then you begin to see um, some significant feedback that we're getting. And you can, you can see it all around. There are deniers, um, obviously. Um, but if we stick to the science of what's going on, the science of climate change, the science of population, etc., uh, some of us... Um, you know, are looking at at mindfulness and and coaching as as facing a much bigger challenge to change mindsets, to nudge people towards um, you know behaviors that are likely to to um, to keep us in this game. You know, I look at my own children. I perhaps look at their children's children and their children's children. Mm. We 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 have a very short term frame in terms of our own psychology and in, in the challenges that we face. So I suppose. To answer your question, um, I, um, I, 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 I have my doubts that that all of these um, really kind of powerful areas of of, of um, learning and research and, and practice um, might not be used in all instances to um, to for the right purposes. Perhaps you know, mm. um, is it is it actually the well being of those people that are working? Or is it in the service of that infinite growth that we talk about? Big question at this time. Mm. Yeah, an interesting answer. It's a definitely profound perspective that uh, Whitmore had shared on it. Um, coming up to, to time, Hugh, it's been very interesting. I do want to 
talk about maybe a little bit about the future as well what's on on your radar i know you mentioned you're doing some writing this morning are we are we expecting a, a follow-on a sequel or anything new coming yeah there's um, there is the possibility of that but there is a more immediate challenge uh, around research um, in this whole area of coaching psychology and it but I said earlier on there that this journey has emerged in kind of uh, ways that I might not have anticipated. But my own particular orientation, my own personality is 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 optimistic, is positive, um, future oriented, and I like working with people in that frame. Uh, so coaching, coaching in general, obviously coaching psychology is about where you want to get to, mm-hmm. what it'll look like when you get there, and the means the steps by which you're going to get there so it's so it's kind of it's positive it's uplifting it's 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 um it's oriented towards the future however um two years ago uh, i was approached by um uh, some brilliant people from the hse um, who sometimes get a bad a bit of bad press um undeservedly so in my opinion, but uh, these people uh, came along and, and because I was involved in, in uh, developing and co-founding the first Masters in Coaching Psychology yeah. in the university here in Cork, uh, they approached to know um, would I be interested in talking to them about um, a topic which, which was, was close to their hearts. And basically out of that conversation emerged what um, became known as GLOW-1, and in in very brief uh, terms, um, the acronym GLOW means Goals for Life, Opting for Wellness. And these uh, people, clinical uh, psychologists uh, within the HSE, had been working with probably one of the most challenging uh, cohorts within mental illness, and that's borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. So these people um, would have been challenged to the extent of, of losing virtually all hope, self-harm, uh, suicidation, suicide attempts. And through this um, validated, reliably and statistically validated um, intervention called dialectical behaviour therapy, uh, uh, increasing numbers are coming back from that, those catastrophic setbacks um, to relatively positive functioning. But what they found out was that within the system, as it currently operates here, um, once they got back to zero, you might remember I mentioned that earlier, uh, once they got back to zero, then there was very little. It was about bringing them back to stability, better functioning. But beyond zero, there was nothing there. So hence... Our conversation started and we I designed a, an intervention, a, a, a cognitive behavioral solution focused, mindfulness based intervention right. um, with a small co- small uh, participant group. Um, and while there were obvious limitations on the, on the research, the, um, the feedback and the results were very promising to such an extent that we're now in the process in 2019 about to embark on GLOW 2 with a larger cohort um, with a much more rigorous um, intervention framework um, mm. and we're um, engaging with, as opposed to myself, I was the only one that was working on this initially. Mm. Um, we're moving beyond that and we now have four coaching psychologists okay. who will deliver this program beginning in March of 2019 and we await the results with interest. 
Right. Um, so I, I'm kind of going back to, to um, I'm talking about the future here. Yeah. Um, it, my, my passion, my commitment, my focus really is around um, that uh, whole area of coaching psychology and what it can actually deliver mm. on this continuum of, of mental illness, mental health and well-being. And in this instance, just beyond zero. So what would coaching psychology traditionally would be kind of understood in terms of um, the worried well, let's say, but, you know, while it was looking at health and well-being, it was organizationally based and, and, and business based in, in some respects. So it's it's now moving back a little closer to, to the, the, the that break even point between mm-hmm. the clinical, between the counseling and now the coaching. So there's an interesting conversation. And out of that has emerged the um, the shoots of um, the next book, right. um, which is will be a treatment and a, an exploration of coaching psychology um, and its application to um, recovery, people returning back, and what exactly does that mean? And what are the kind of assumptions underpinning coaching psychology, which are not you know currently available to um mm. to people returning to 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 better we- to greater well-being and hope and meaning and purpose and and that in their lives mm, very interesting sounds like a, a good body of work going to it come is out there. and it's it's groundbreaking in the sense as well um that um it has never been done with this population anywhere right so this is um with my colleague martin o'connor from the department of psychology in, in ucc um, we're working um, with a number of other coaching psychologists um, to design the handbook, the intervention, um, and to measure wow. uh, what's going on uh, over the next to, to run for uh, 22, uh, 24 weeks. Right. So we're talking about a six-month um, program, mm. and um, hopefully by the end of, of this year, we'll um, we'll be able to report on, okay. on the results of, of the um, of the research. Very interesting. Good, good luck with that. Thank you. Um, I'll wrap it up. Obviously, Mindful Walking is the the book people should go out and purchase. It's it's on the book page on the website. Uh, again, I I really enjoyed it. If you were to recommend a book that you actually read around mindfulness that helped you get on your own journey, is there anything that uh, comes to mind? Uh, I, well, there, there's there's um, there's lots of them out there, and and. Um, I suppose the, the when 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 you look at mindfulness, you can't really go much further than um, John Kabat-Zinn mm-hmm. um, to start your 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 um, your exploration. But uh, having spent um, uh, some time in in Oxford University and um, with the Oxford Mindfulness Centre, um, I think that um, there's a, a a really useful practical. Um, book um, written by Mark Williams and Danny Penman. Mark Williams is the professor in mm-hmm. the Oxford Mindfulness Centre, and he's done uh, some really, really kind of solid work around mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. Um, but in, in that sense, you know, there's there's lots of nice. Um, I, I, a friend of mine there gave me a book recently, Mindfulness for Dogs. <laughs> right. It's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's it just captures um, all of those things, you know. But I suppose mm-hmm. if you want to deepen your your um, exploration then you couldn't go far wrong with um, Mark Williams or, or, or Cabot's in. Okay, brilliant. I'll uh, add those as well. 
been really fascinating to hear your story. I enjoyed listening to you for the for the hour or so. Hugh, before we wrap up, maybe just shout out how folks can get in touch with you, your website and follow what's up. Yeah, well look, uh www.hodahoda.ie and just as a as you know, for anybody um who who has a curious bone in their body, um develop it shine it um, just stay curious uh, about all of this because um, I was not to know this until quite recently but the acronym HODA um, is obviously as I said Hugh O'Donovan and Associates and it's my website but uh, in I, I spent a share of my early career in the Middle East in Lebanon and uh, places around there but the the word Hoda mm. is um, is also an Arabic word, mm. and um, it is it can be translated in a number of ways. But it's a female um, uh, Christian name, Hoda. Uh, but it can be uh, translated in terms of guidance, mm. or uh, if you stretch it a bit, and I am perhaps here, <laughs> but you could equally stretch it a bit. Uh, enlightenment wow. in Arabic, the word Hoda can mean anything between one and the other so. you you obviously knew that all along though didn't no you? i cannot say <laughs> that and i'm drawing absolutely no conclusions yeah. causation or correlation i'm just stating a fact there's something in the stars there so i guess um brilliant but well, that's the website that's the the story the the book is out and uh look forward to releasing this episode you thanks so much thanks Rob. Hey guys, just before you go, I'd love to hear from you if anything specific stood out from that episode, something you might take away and try and implement in your own personal or professional life to help make you that little bit better. On the other side, is there anything you think I could do better to make the show even more enjoyable, more impactful and maybe meaningful? So drop me a note, rob at robofthegreen.ie or connect in on any of the social platforms at robofthegreen. We also have a community on Facebook, check that out. If you're really enjoying the show, maybe you could try and leave a rating or a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app. Go in there, give us a rating, let us know how we're doing. That'll help with the ranking of the podcast up those charts. The more folks that potentially see it because we're high up, the better. The more that might listen, that never heard of it before. And the goal of the show is to try and reach more and more people and have that impact more and more. So that's down to you. Please do help me with that. I'm not going down the route of hiring podcast promoters, quote unquote, from other parts of the world because they say they can help with the ranking and I don't really believe them or it's not very authentic. Help me do it in an authentic way. I'd really appreciate it. This year, I'm going more all in on Patreon. So it's three bucks a month. You can sign up, subscribe to Rob of the Green on Patreon.com. That will give you access to Patreon-only content. Nearly all the episodes of the 864 podcast are on there and new ones will be added only there. The 1% Better Show will have early releases there, but will still come out for free on robofthegreen.ie. There'll also be live shows this year, some phone-in shows, extra content. Three euros a month will hopefully, the more folks that subscribe, allow me to do more and more stuff on there, add more and more content. At the end of the day, that's the price of a pair of socks, maybe, that you might lose, or a coffee. One way or the other, it's up to you. If you want to join, you'll still get free stuff otherwise but if you're enjoying what we're doing help us grow help us expand it i'd really appreciate that 
adding new stuff onto the website all the time there's an affiliates page under the be better drop down check in there there's training courses that you can sign up to more and more stuff will come in over time into season three now of this fun fun journey huge learning hopefully you're getting something from it too stick with it let's keep going enjoy the journey even more have a great day week weekend and thanks for checking it out good luck